Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. On the air. Third hour of the program. And we're glad you're with us. Time now to bring in our guy from the Packet Day podcast, Andy Herman, at Andy Herman NFL, now joining us on the hotline. Andy, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. Always great chatting with you. So let's start off with the Jordan Love contract. Um, I think it is incredibly fair on both sides. Um, today, the uh, contract extension announced all the way through 2024. Give me your thoughts on that first and foremost. Yeah, I think it made a ton of sense, and I don't think this is any admission that the Packers don't trust Jordan Love. I don't think it's Jordan Love not betting on himself. I just think it was logical common sense for two sides, and you start from the Packers' side of things. I can understand why, you know, picking up a 20-plus million dollar guaranteed option on a quarterback that's played about 80 snaps uh, in the NFL so far might be a little bit uh, of a tough sell. So I think you maybe go to the opposite side and say, hey, can we work something out, give you guys a little bit of an incentive to, you know, sign uh, this type of deal. We're going to maybe allow you with those incentives to make more than you would have made uh, on that 20-year guarantee, but we're going to get a little less guarantees on our end. From Jordan Love's side of things, you know, if they decline his option and you're his agent, all of a sudden you're looking at next year if things don't go according to plan and you have a tough year, you know, what do you get on the free agent market? One year, seven mil, maybe not even fully guaranteed, something like that. So by locking in 13 mil guaranteed, you're guaranteeing yourself some money. It's good security on his side of things. Meanwhile, if he plays well, if he goes out and balls out, not only does he probably get those incentives, he's going to get paid like one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL anyway. So um, I don't see a ton of downside here for Jordan. I think it was smart on both sides and just really good business sense. Okay, I got to ask you, going back to the salary cap, 2024, uh, I, you know, and I know you follow everybody that covers the Green Bay Packers. On one hand, you look at over the cap, you look at Sport Track. Uh, if you take David Bakhtiari out of the mix, you got a lot of money next year. Although you look at a guy like Ken Ingles, and he says, eh, "There's not a lot of money." As a matter of fact, you're over the cap. Have you kind of broke down what next year will look like monetarily for the Green Bay Packers and what they may have to spend on, say, free agents and such? I haven't done a deep dive into it yet. I looked at it sort of a cursory glance at it. But, you know, my takeaway from it is this is still going to be some time until they're totally, you know, fiscally clear of all the salary cap issues that they have. You know, I would expect next year to sort of be the next purge. I think you're probably looking at guys like Aaron Jones, Preston Smith, David Bakhtiari, some guys like that that you're probably going to have to start moving on from. Green Bay just today, again, did another long-term sort of, uh, you know, pushing the you know the money down the road kicking the can down the road if you will i know that's one of ken's favorite things uh with uh darnell savage and now taking on more dead cap hit for next season on that contract what you're going to have happen at some point is when you do move on from these guys from the Prestons, from the the um Bakhtiaris, the joneses etc you have all of these void years that are coming along and as soon as those guys are gone all those void uh you know dead cap hits are going to accelerate into that season's you know salary so I think the sooner that Green Bay can kind of get those over with, and again, they kick the can more down the road today with the Darnell Savage situation. So those are all going to hit at some point. So it's going to take a little bit of time for Green Bay to sort of get out of their financial mess. It's, 
Well, we, we can look at this two ways. They're not, you know, they're not set up perfectly financially where they can just go out and have another offseason where they can go out and sign a bunch of free agents. At the same token, they're not in a situation where they're just going to be this awful team and they're not going to have any money to spend or anything like that. They can open up windows. They can open up avenues if they really want to. But the sooner that they can start getting those dead cap hits off the book, the better. And I would expect that is sort of the next Band-Aid to rip next offseason after this year's was the big, huge cap hit from Aaron Rodgers. Give me your thoughts on the way the draft went down and what the Packers did and or maybe didn't get. Yeah, so I think well, – let's start with the second part, what they didn't get. And I think that's even part of the overall plan by, by Brian Gutekinds and how he attacked this draft. But I think the big thing that everyone was really hoping for uh, at some area of the draft was uh, starting safety, right? And I think one of the things with this draft is it was just not a great safety class. And I think Goot was probably wise to attack the positions that had a little bit more depth and a lot more talent and sort of stay away from a draft class that just didn't have the top-end talent at safety. Even a guy like Brian Branch, who I know they traded out of that spot, maybe could have taken him. To me, he's more of a slot star type of player. And I don't, you know, there's a little bit more of a projection of what he's actually going to be at safety. So I think there's, um, you know, they, it was just a poor draft class. And I think they got a really interesting prospect in the seventh round in Anthony Johnson. So that will be one to keep an eye on a safety group that is lacking depth for sure. On the flip side of things, I think how Brian did attack this draft class is kind of exactly how he should have. We know how they're going to operate in the first round, right? They love premium position players that are extremely athletic, that have huge upside still young, still a lot of developmental potential, usually from a big program like, uh, you know, Georgia, Iowa, et cetera. They, this is exactly what they do. And they took Lucas Van Ness, who hits everything that they normally look for. That was a player that screamed off the page as a potential Green Bay Packer, and they take him in the first round. I think if you look back, like let's say they didn't take an addressal. Let's say they took Jackson Smith and Jay Barr, maybe one of the tight ends, someone like that, right? A lot of people had mocked to them. If you go to the second round, I don't know, maybe they take a key on White in the second round as an edge rusher in the third round, maybe a Zach Harrison from an Ohio State. Nice players, but nowhere near the upside as a pass rusher and an overall uh, edge player that Lucas Van Ness has. So they they basically you know, correctly predicted that there was going to be a big rush on edge players in the first round, and they wanted to make sure that they were at the top of that. Obviously, they got the third guy after Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson, but Ben S is a ton of talent. And then I thought the way they attacked the rest of the draft, the tight end you know, group, unlike safety, was really deep. They get two of the best tight ends in this draft in the second and third round. They attacked the receiver group, which needed to be rebuilt with three picks on day two and day three, including Jaden Reed, who people are going to absolutely fall in love with when they start watching him a little bit more. And then, you know, they addressed some needs, probably reached a little bit for the quarterback and Sean Clifford for the kicker uh, on day three. But I think if we get to the day three of the draft and your fifth and sixth round picks are maybe a little bit of a reach, and that's what we're complaining about, I don't think it's, uh, um, you know, probably the end of the world at that point. Is Jaden Reed a slot receiver? or is Because only at 5'10", you would assume he'd be inside, not outside, right? I think he's going to spend the vast majority of time on the inside, no question about it. But... And this is a very fun player to watch. You go back and watch him on tape, and if anyone was following me on Twitter yesterday, I had some fun uh, Jaden Reed clips that I post that are definitely worth checking out. Uh, but they played him a lot on the outside. There's a play um, in uh, 2021 where they are down by two fourth quarter, two-point conversion uh, to tie the game, and what do they do? They put Jaden Reed on the outside. They throw him a, a fade. They throw him a jump ball and a fade. 
not just a jump ball and a fade against anyone. They threw it against uh, DJ Turner, the Bengals uh, second round corner from this year out of Michigan. He was a six foot corner, has him in size speed. You know what Reed does? He goes up, out muscles uh, Turner for the ball and makes the play, gets two point conversion and ties the game. This is a guy that plays on the outside. He has a get, you know, see ball, get ball mentality. He's going to find a way to come down with the catch. He has some ridiculous contested catches on tape. So he has a ton of experience playing on the outside. So I think that's probably one of the things that sold Green Bay a little bit more on taking a little bit of an undersized wide receiver is he has that mentality. He's played a ton on the outside. He's got punt returner ability, which usually is going to you know translate to a little bit more yards after the catch in the NFL. Um, he brings a lot to the table. And like I said, I think fans are going to fall in love with him very quickly. How much are they relying on Colby Wooden? Uh, I find him an interesting choice for the fact that he's a big body. You'd love to see him really develop alongside Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark. I mean, obviously they have T.J. Slayton that they're hoping takes that next step again this year. But give me your thoughts on Colby Wooden, the big defensive tackle out of Auburn. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, to your point, I think those first three spots along the defensive line are pretty much spoken for, right, with Wyatt and Slayton and Kenny Clark. I think they're expecting big jumps from both Slayton and Wyatt. After that, you know, those snaps are completely up for grabs. There's no Dean Lowry. There's no Jaron Reed. And I think Wooden and as, as well as Carl Brooks are going to be very much in that conversation. Uh, we'll see. You know, if their seventh-round pick, Jonathan Ford, from last year can get in that conversation as well. But Wynn's an interesting player. You see some of his upside. You go back to his freshman season. When he was a freshman at Auburn, this was a player coming out that people were excited. This is going to be the next huge first round. Like, he's going Round. He's absolutely going to be in that conversation. And then just things kind of didn't go totally according to plan at Auburn. That was not just with him. A lot of players at Auburn were not the same players over the last couple of seasons. That program uh, kind of took a little bit of a hit. A lot of players didn't develop the way that they were expecting. And Wooden's kind of in that same boat. But the talent is there. The potential is there. I think he lines up perfectly as a 3-4 defensive end. I think he can, you know, pinch inside and uh, or you know move inside and, and be a pass rusher on obvious passing downs as well. I just think there's a lot of upside there, and it's just going to have to be, you know, we're going to need to see a little bit more consistency out of him overall. Talk with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast at Andy Herman NFL. You can find him. I said earlier today that, to me, as much as I want to pay attention to the offense and the weaponry they have, I, to me, I'm fascinated by the defense because for this team to have any success, that defense is going to have to be damn near the top ten or in the top ten. Um, I, I, I am praying to God that you get – Joe Barry that kind of takes the leash off and just lets guys play. And we get to see Jair actually play a lot more man coverage and not this death by a thousand cuts zone. Do you, how much pressure do you think Joe Barry has to reach success this season? I mean, immense pressure. And I think the, the message was sent again by Brian Gutekind's after the first pick uh, when they took Lucas Van Ness. And he basically, you know, after that pick in the press conference said they have extremely high expectations for this defense. The expectations have been there. I think last year a lot of people were expecting they could get into the top ten. I think one of the things going against Joe Barry to start this season is you've got Rashawn Gary coming off a torn ACL. Not sure when he's going to be able to start playing. You have Eric Stokes, who they've kind of already said, hey, he might not be ready to start the season. So I think that's going to certainly hurt their depth. You look at the safety position, and we just kind of talked about it, I mean, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, you know, Traverius Moore, if, like, if those are your top three safeties going into a season, and obviously the season doesn't start today, they've got some time to still address that. Maybe Anthony Johnson is somebody who can come in and step up. You know, we'll see. But 
that's a position that doesn't have a lot of talent and a lot of depth on it right now. So I think there are some things that are unfortunately going against this defense right now. I don't think that lessens the expectation for what they have. They've spent a lot of draft capital. There's a lot of talented players. I and mean, this is a defense that boasts Kenny Clark. Eventually, it's going to get Rashawn Gary back. They just spent another first-round pick on Lucas Van Ness. Devontae Wyatt's a first-round pick. Quinn Walker's a first-round pick. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rizul Douglas, they spent money on. Darnell Savage is a first-round pick. There's, there's no excuse for this defense not to be, I mean, at, at minimum, at minimum, a top half of the league defense. If this is a team that finishes in the bottom third again in defense, it's just unacceptable, and I would have to think that that would be the final nail uh, for, uh, for Joe Barry. Yeah, I uh, I go back and I always look at the names that when they sign those rookie free agents, you know, when they start to go through this group of guys, Malik Heath, the kid out of Mississippi, you look at the linebackers, Keyshawn Banks and Brenton, Brenton Cox, and, you know, you start to look at some of the other guys, the safety in, in Benny Sapp and then the other safety in Christian Morgan. They have been good about finding some of the diamonds in the rough. I mean, you look at a guy like Tremont Williams. He was an undrafted free agent. You got a guy like Sam Shields, same thing. If you can find one of those guys that can fortify your secondary coming out of this uh, group of rookie free agents, then you might be saying something, especially if your seventh-round draft choice is able to make this squad as well and you're able to get Anthony Johnson Jr. kind of doing something. Then all of a sudden you're looking at a vastly different type of draft, aren't you? Yeah, you certainly are. And even let's just go back to those seventh-round picks for a moment because uh, Valentine as well as Anthony Johnson Jr. are two very fun players. And I think when you're looking at, especially on day three of the draft, you're looking for all right, what, what is something that maybe other teams were overlooking these players with? I think with Valentine, I think the big thing there, they didn't play him a, a ton in press man coverage, even though that that's kind of what he is best at doing. You see a couple plays on tape where he plays press man coverage, he looks like a totally different corner than when he's playing off. And when you see him actually play that with his size and his speed, he looks really, really good. And I think, you know, maybe teams just didn't quite see as much of that. And I think if they maybe would have seen him be able to play more of that style, I think they would have probably taken him a lot sooner. So I think maybe Green Bay got something there. He's going to be a key special teams player, assuming he makes the team. And then Anthony Johnson Jr. I talked to Ben Fennell yesterday. I mean, ben is uh, convinced that Anthony Johnson Jr. is going to quickly find his way into the starting rotation at safety. He is a very fun player, and if you're looking for something here, too, there's a player that Iowa State spent almost his entire time at corner, probably playing out of position. I think he's a much better fit as a safety. Didn't have an interception in his career as a corner. Moves to safety, immediately gets a couple picks, looks more like a playmaker, like just seems to fit so much better in that position. If this is a player that had been playing safety throughout his entire career, I think this also might be a player that probably would have been selected in maybe more of the third or fourth round rather than in round seven. So I think Green Bay may have found something there, too. He also has a ton of special teams value and he will absolutely hit you. I think he can come in and potentially play a little bit of that Adrian Amos role next to Darnell Savage. So um, both of those players are very intriguing. But, again, you, you don't want to put too much uh, expectation into two seventh-round picks, but they're both very fun players. Anders Carlson, they chose him in the uh, sixth round, the place kicker. Uh, I am always leery of taking a kicker that comes out of the SEC in the south that is not really kicked in in frigid, incredibly frigid temperatures in the north. Does that give you pause for concern? Uh, yeah, I'm always uh, a little bit leery of taking any kicker, to be totally honest with you. I don't know that I have a, a huge concern with the weather. I think just overall he's a you know six five big leg kicker. But I think the biggest thing, if you're if you're a Packer fan and you want a, a you know vote of confidence as to why you know he's on this team, 
Rich Pistachio wanted him. Like, he, that was the guy that, after looking at the, the kickers and uh, the, the specialists, like, that was the guy that he wanted. Um, he worked with his brother with the Raiders. So, uh, hopefully, there's a little bit of a connection there. And I think if anyone can maybe get the talent out of Anders, uh, hopefully, it is Rich Pistachio. And, and uh, again, that was the pick that he kind of signed off on. So, I'm not going to break down a ton of kicker tape, but uh, if, if Rich Pistachio believes in him, I guess uh, I'll believe in him as well. Last question before I let you go. Give me your thoughts real quick. Jordan Love, I know we keep talking about him being ready, and he's a, an NFL-ready starting quarterback and on and on and on, but I, Goody's words in my head keep ringing supreme, and that is we've never seen him win. Give me your thoughts on him. Did we lose him? I think we lost him. I think we lost Andy. I think Andy just said, I'm done. <laughs> so, well, you brought anyway. up kickers. I, I did. I brought up kickers, and I probably sent him over the edge on that one. That's okay. So there you go. Uh, that was Andy Herman, Packet A Podcast, uh, joining us for a couple of minutes, and uh, glad he did. Uh, so thanks to him for coming on the program. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, 877-867-1670. What you just heard, I want your reaction to. We'd love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Skipper Buds. We know the weather's going to turn. We know it's going to get warmer, and we know it's going to be boating season. Uh, whether you're cruising around with a group of friends, having that uh, that beverage on the lake for uh, a pontoon, or maybe you're going on a lake michigan michigan and a cruiser whatever it happens to be they've got it and they've got a lot of them in stock right now especially the one in pewaukee wisconsin skipper buds boat sales service storage and their service is second to none and if you need a place to go and get your boat summarized and get it all checked out and ready to go on the lake this year so you don't have problems check out our friends at skipper buds but if you're looking for boat sales new or used Get a hold of our buddy Todd. Todd is the GM at the one in Pewaukee, and he's the one that can help you out. 262-544-1200. Call Todd, 262-544-1200, or just stop by, start walking through the showroom and say, Bill Michael sent me. I'm supposed to talk to Todd. I'm looking to either sell my boat, consign my boat, buy a new one, buy a used one, whatever it happens to be, get a hold of Todd, 262-544-1200. That's our friends at Skipper. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Hey, if you are thinking, now that you've uh, kind of gotten out of the winter months, and you're looking at your garage floor or maybe your basement floor and you're going, boy, winter just sucks. And you're getting all the salt and the sand and the dust and everything out of there. And you're like, I just need something new. It's got to look better, right? Get a hold of our friend Sean and the gang at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. And the best part about it is they're based here in the state of Wisconsin. So if you get an outsider that comes in from Illinois or from over in Minnesota, if they don't do the job right, you got to track them down. you got to hope they come. you got to hope that they come back to the state because there's a lot of epoxy floor companies out there that aren't based in the state of Wisconsin. Sean is. And if you, whether it's going up north or Green Bay or Milwaukee, Madison, doesn't matter. Uh, he can get it done for you. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com or call them 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. Again, 262-443-2852. There you go. Um, Mark says, uh, can we sign Mason, uh, meaning Mason Crosby? He was pretty good last year. It's, I would say that door is probably 90% closed. 
Uh, but sure, I mean, if if they bring in a slew of kickers and they are not what you would want them to be, and uh, they're just not of the same quality, you can bring in a guy with a big leg that can give you kickoffs, and then bring in Mason Crosby for which he was pretty dead deadly from forty nine yards and in all season long. I think the only few misses he had were beyond fifty. So from forty nine yards and in, you could bring Mason Crosby in and. You know, the whole process last year was really, really good between the snap, the hold, and Mason. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, that that window is not complete. That door window, whatever, is not completely closed. But you've got him as kind of the ace in the hole if you need him. And I mean, unless, you know, a kicker goes down and he ends up signing with somebody else, which I don't think he really wants to. But uh, but if, if yeah, if Mason gets the call, he could he could certainly come in and still – kick for the Green Bay Packers. You know, and again, that's just one of those those byproducts because we've talked so much about, you know, Rodgers moving on and then, you know, Lazard goes over to New York and Cobb's no longer here and, you know, Big Dog is no longer here and Tanyan is no longer here and all these guys that Rodgers had on that list and very quietly off into the, uh, the, the you know, stage left, if you will, has moved Mason Crosby. And you talk about an incredible career a storied career with the Green Bay Packers that wasn't celebrated nearly enough. And had a couple of years for hiccups, but for as long as he's played, man, he's had an incredible career. And you've got to assume he's going to end up being a Packer Hall of Famer before it's all said and done, without a doubt. He's had some big kicks in his day. So you got to assume he'll be uh, a Packer Hall of Famer. But that being said, um, that was one of those stories that kind of very silently fell by the wayside. Unfortunately for for Mason, because he has had that kind of an illustrious career. 877-867-1670. A reminder that we still have one spot left, one foursome. So if you got a foursome, if you're a twosome, if you're a single, whatever, coming up this Saturday, Barroqua Hills Golf Course. Uh, It's the Bill Michaels Open, and we have got a spot left. Call Ryan right now. Call Ryan right now because everybody seems uh, everybody there seems to think it's going to sell out. 608-637-7615. 608-637-7615. 608-637-7615. Get a hold of him at Viroqua Hills Golf Course and uh, get yourself in for the Open coming up this weekend. Um, the uh, Brennan says, don't forget he didn't, uh, didn't want to retire at the end of the year either. Yeah, he... Um, he 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 had a good season and that good season leads you back into you know hey I can still do this I'm I'm fired up you know after coming off the season prior in which it was more about the operation than it was about just the the leg of Mason Crosby I think the whole situation kind of got into his head a little bit but yeah it uh he he had a good season last year and he came back and said hey I wouldn't mind continuing to play so I I would not have a problem if they went out and, and grabbed Mason Crosby and they kept him. Wouldn't have a problem with it. Not at all. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up again. 877-867-1670. Uh, the, God, we got a lot of emails today. This is from Jeff. Jeff says, uh, hey, guys, listening to all the discussion regarding all the tight ends, I'm extremely excited. Do you think the tight ends are going to be more like a more like a um, Jermichael Finley than some of the other busts that we've had in the past. We don't need slow guys anymore, but can they block? You're going to need additional protection for uh, Jordan Love. 
I don't know about their blocking capability. Both guys are more pass catchers. Both guys are more weapons. Blocking, specifically in the NFL, is going to be something that just kind of comes along. You know, it's going to be something that you're going to, um, you, you, you know, to answer your question, they had to do it in college, yeah. You have to block in college as a tight end at some point, whether it's, you know, keeping the blitz off of your quarterback or it's picking up a defensive end or it's downfield. you got to block at some point, you know. So, yeah, it's something that they've already done. Whether they're astute at it or whether they have the capability to handle, say, an edge rusher or a blitzer, safety, corner coming off of the edge and being able to pick that up and decipher what it is a defensive coordinator in the NFL is throwing at them, that's a whole different story. But what you got both of those tight ends for is pass catching ability and additional weapons for for Jordan Love. You haven't had that in a while. Now, I'm not to say that they're better or worse than Tanyan, that they're better or worse than Finley. I don't know. We don't know. You know, all this comparison, on one hand, it's really, really good because it gives you optimism and we're excited. On the other hand, it can also set you up for failure and set you up for uh, extreme disappointment. So just, uh, you know, you and I are going to find out in the same period of time. But to answer your question, yeah, they had to block at some point. Now, whether or not they're astute at it, we'll have to wait and see. 877-867-1670, Find us. We'd love to hear from you. The eye um, test, Bill, when looking yes. at the two, one of them is named Kraft. Was drunk when he, or not drunk, but he had a couple beers when he got drafted. And it's from South Dakota up. State. Something yes. tells me he blocks. Mm-hmm. Just generally speaking. The other he was is a little from, lit up when he was talking to a Sarah Sarah Quick, one of the Packers uh, PR representatives, and said, thanks, man. Right. <laughs> it's like it's, he's not a man. The other is from Oregon State, which, I, believe it or not, despite it being a Pac-12 team, had a uh, they ran the ball last year. Like, there's some the physicality Beavers. there. But mm-hmm. uh, the other is an athlete. The other is a, a potential guy. Leads me to think Kraft will be the bigger blocker. Just reading the tea leaves and making assumptions. Um, like I said, yeah, they, it, it, to me, it's just, it, yeah, everybody knows how to block. You play football for God's sake. Everybody knows how to block. What you're looking for is the ability to decipher the defense that you're witnessing and whether or not Jordan Love knows it or you know it or your center, Josh Meyer knows it to be able to point out the blocking schemes and recognize what's coming at you. That, that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's where Mercedes Lewis was so good. He was just a veteran. He knew what was coming. He'd seen so much. He knew if there was a blitz coming, if there was an edge rusher coming, if there was going to be a stunt coming, he knew it. And if it, there was a stunt, he was able to handle it. So all of that stuff comes with time. Speaking of blockers, uh, Carl says, did you see Billy Turner is going to be part of the gang green in New York? I did see that. Don't care. Billy Turner was a good guy. You know, but he's going to go, you know, be a part of the, uh, it becomes the, uh, the, what was it? I think now the fourth guy, the fourth former Packer to join um, those in uh, in New York. Because you've got, um, who else? you got, obviously, Rodgers, Lazard, Billy Turner. Who's the other one that I'm missing? Former Packer. That's moved on. I can't remember. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Thank you very much. Tim Boyle. Ah, Tim who could forget Tim Boyle? Yeah, right? 
you're just kind of waiting because from what we understand, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't there some preliminary talks with Randall Cobb about the possibility of becoming a wide receiver for the New York Jets? Wasn't that some of the speculation on draft day on uh, during round one last Thursday? Was I've that, not um, seen that. I haven't seen it. It wouldn't surprise when, me. When we talked to our guy Rosenblatt out of The Athletic, he said, yes, he would not be surprised if that was something that was going on behind the scenes because they didn't take a plethora of wide receivers. Now, granted, they already have good wide receivers, but somebody that can come in and help the wide receiver room get on the same page with Rodgers, there was some talk about whether or not it would be Randall Cobb, who still wants to play, and possibly he would go for maybe a veteran's minimum to New York. Packers did give his number to a undrafted kid, as they outlined earlier this week. So, <laughs> makes you kind of confirms he won't be back. Yeah, he's not. He's not a surprise. Packers anytime soon. Yeah, I didn't didn't see that happening. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Give us a shout again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'll get some phone calls when we come back. Hang in there. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, if you are looking for a, uh, a new home, if you're looking for maybe to get the equity out of your current home in some way, shape, or form, get a hold of my buddy Scott Ellis. He's the one that went through all the processes with me, uh, whether it was buying my home or refinancing my home for even a better rate and taking out some of the home equity. Uh, he's a huge help and uh, answers the phone, takes your calls, gives you the best advice. Uh, I can't say enough about him. Uh, Scott Ellis and our friends at Homeside Mortgage, uh, 414-791-7771, right here in the state of Wisconsin. And I see the mortgage rates are uh, up there 65 to 7 7.5%, depending on who you're going with. And he's got something called the 2-1 buy-down. And I don't know a lot about it, but if you're thinking about a mortgage and the, the term 4.5% makes your ears perk up, you want to call him. Uh, give them a call, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. And that's our buddy Scott Ellis and the group over there at Homeside Financial. Um, this one is, uh, this is Mark, and Mark says, uh, you know, hey, guys, uh, are you into betting? Did you hear that the Alabama baseball team is being called into question? I did read, Ben, ben are you a better? A former better. Okay. I, there are moments where I dabble. I, I read say. about that today, and uh, the game between Alabama and LSU is, for whatever reason, being called into question. And I think it was FanDuel took Alabama baseball games off of their off of their site. Something's going on. Somebody knows something. There's been an inordinate amount of money that's won by specific people. Uh, on Alabama baseball, and so now there's a lot of eyebrows raised coming out of Vegas. I know, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Ohio. Ohio had, uh, I don't know what the gaming board is, but whatever the, the gaming commission, they instructed all sports books in the state of Ohio to take it off the board as well. Because I, I don't think, now if I read this story incorrectly, uh, I apologize, but I don't think that there is a national 
gaming base. There, there's not a national gaming commission. I think it's a state-by-state state industry. And so each state would have to then instruct their sports books to take it off of the board. I don't know what's been done in Wisconsin, if anything, to be honest with you. I haven't checked over. Well, sports betting's not legal statewide. Statewide, In Wisconsin. Correct. In Wisconsin. So uh, it, it's, it's in particular places, I guess is the best way to put it, that have licenses to do it. But uh, in Ohio, I know that I th- I'm pretty sure it was Ohio. Ohio or New York. But they took the Alabama games off the board. Something's going on. And you got to figure there's going to be some kind of an investigation into this before it's all said and done. But it's specifically the, the game between Alabama and LSU was taken off the board. But the instruction, I think it was from FanDuel, has said they will no longer, for the time being, they're suspending betting on Alabama baseball games. So they – something's going on in Alabama baseball. Something, something happened. Uh, something is happening there. So, uh, but yeah, I did, I did see that, but I, I don't know to what extent. I don't, don't have all the details on that. To be perfectly honest with you, eight seven seven eight six seven sixty. Brett says it was Ohio. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate it. I thought I read that this morning. I was up kind of perusing the uh, perusing the internet while I was uh, working out. Um. What else do we have? Uh, this is from uh, James. James writes, uh, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to give Jordan Love all the benefit of the doubt right now. He's been behind a Hall of Famer. He should have absorbed a lot of the intel. Now it's whether or not his body can keep up with his mind. Um, yeah, I mean, master of the obvious. Jason says gambling money and sports is murky waters, if you ask me. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I've I've gambled before. I I used to do years and years ago when sporting news radio was still something. Going back to God, I think it was the mid nineties, because um, yeah, it was the mid nineties uh, when when I was doing sports talk. I just started doing sports talk radio. It was like ninety five, ninety six, and um, we did our show occasionally. From either the Hit King restaurant, because we uh, carry Pete Rose as one of our one of our talk show hosts, and Pete used to do a talk show out of the Hit King restaurant in Boca Raton, Florida. So we would visit there, or we would go to the Bally Sportsbook out in Vegas and do our show. And so I've I've made some bets, I've won some money, you know, as a matter of fact, over the years on sports betting. But yeah, it, it's it's I'm not the hardcore gambler. You know, I'm not, you know, I very rarely bet on on horse races. Um, I mean, I have my very first horse race. I hit the trifecta. I just I had no idea what I was doing and I hit it and it was wonderful. And then, you know, there there have been years where I've bet on the Kentucky Derby and all that kind of stuff and, you know, lost and not even come close. So it's it kind of all averages out, I guess. But, yeah, it's it's gambling is just another I mean, look at it this this way. The NFL would not be where it is today if it had not been for gambling, illegal or legal, mostly illegal that led up to it, gambling and fantasy football. I mean, those are the two huge drivers behind the NFL. Once you discovered fantasy football and the way to make it profitable and the way to be able to to make it fun and this whole thing about getting into, 
into drafts and guys and girls, for that matter, getting together in bars and pubs and, and, and sitting down and doing a draft. and it, it immersed you in the game, and then you're checking out all the teams versus just one. It, it Fantasy football and gambling were the two big drivers behind the NFL that just exploded its popularity. Just explode because fantasy baseball is time consuming. It's a daily. It's it's time consuming. You know, um, fantasy basketball. Eh, it's not there. You know, but when it's when it's football, man, football season. Oh, it's everybody I know has a fantasy team. Damn near everybody. Ben, you're the only one I don't know that doesn't have a fantasy team. Oh, I have one. I just don't oh, talk do? about it. Oh, yeah. okay. No, I've I've several. Okay. Well, see, Ben's an addict, too. He just doesn't admit it. What we need is one day where I just question you, and you've got to do, like, the total polygraph where it's just an honest, open Ben Kenny, and we're just going to let the world of Ben Kenny fall out on the air. I think we're all going to be left with our mouth open going, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, let's have it be my last day. How about that? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that, those are the two drivers. Gambling was a driver for the NFL, without a doubt. And now it's a part of it. Now it's, you know, hell, you've got uh, numerous NFL shows that are sponsored by DraftKings and, you know, FanDuel and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Boondocks, Barbecue Burgers and Brews. And at Boondocks, they have something for everybody. And uh, they're open daily. Uh, as a matter of fact, so when you talk about boondocks, uh, they're open daily. They open up at 4 o'clock. And out there on uh, in Stonebank, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact, uh, Oconomowoc, County Road K in Oconomowoc. And they open up later this afternoon. they got a big Cinco de Mayo menu coming up. So if you're looking for something Cinco de Mayo, going fiesta. There's no manana all week long with these uh, Mexalicious Cinco de Mayo specials, as they call it. Holy guacamole out there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and brew and by the way uh boondocks they got a big boondocks rocks uh thing going on right now spreading the word about boondocks and the customers uh, the number one priority as they say serving you what you want when you want it and with a smile so take a minute to fill out their survey as well and they've got bingo that uh, cranks up every weekend on sunday fun day so a lot of good stuff going on at boondocks barbecue burgers and brews county road k in oconomowoc stop in tell tom and the gang we said hi Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's open, and we're going to be uh, out in Viroqua. We are not doing a live broadcast on Friday from there. Friday is going to be back here in the studio, and uh, then uh, we're going to be heading out to Viroqua on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and uh, Friday night we're going to be uh, feasting down at the Kickapoo Creekside. 
Saturday morning, going to be doing an appearance over at the Agri Center from uh, 8 to 10, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then over to the golf course, Viroqua Hills Golf Course, uh, beginning probably about 11.30, 12, something like that. We're going to get over there and hunker down and get ready for the shotgun start at 1 o'clock. And then afterwards, we've got kind of a Q&A, and we've got a feast that uh, I think our friends at Kickapoo Corners is going to be putting on and then heading back home on Sunday. But there, we got a lot of dates coming up. We've got a lot of stuff. Friday, May 19th, we're going to be live at Road America, getting ready for the Vintage Weekend and kicking off racing down at Road America. Uh, and then don't forget, uh, June 6th, June 7th, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then June 21st, which is also a Wednesday, uh, our cigar dinners are back. Uh, if you are in the Kenosha area, the Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, uh, Walworth County area, we are going to be at Cortez's, Cortez's for, uh, on June 6th. We're going to be back in Lacrosse at Celebrations on Wednesday, June 7th. And then we're going to be at the bar in Wausau, really uh, Rothschild, just south of Wausau, but going to be at the bar and on Wednesday, June 21st. And if you want tickets to those events, because those things sell out quick. I don't know what's available. I have not checked. But all of those tickets, if you go to quicktrip.com slash quickspirits or just quickspirits, K-W-I-K spirits, quickspirits.com, it'll take you there as well. But uh, And you can buy tickets uh, for all of those events. They are on sale right now for the cigar dinners. They are back beginning in June, and we'll really promote them more as we get into May, but uh, deeper into May. But I want to let you know that those are now up, and those tickets are now, avail- now available. And uh, we, for the full list of where we're going to be, you can always follow us on the Facebook fan page. And because uh, we got some other things coming up, we're going to be at the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Tournament. We're going to be at Turtleback Golf Course on Wednesday, June 14th, on the 15th as well. Going to be at Road America on the 16th. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of traveling. Uh, going to be in Sturgis, South Dakota again this year. Uh, we've got our poker run, uh, our motorcycle run coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. We've got uh, the Fisher House Golf Tournament coming up the week prior to the Monday prior to that, which is like the 20, 26th or 7th or 8th or something like that of, of uh, August. So we got a lot of events coming up, not to mention this year we're going to be on the road a little bit more when it comes to the, uh, the cruiser and doing some stuff regarding training camp and hopefully some of the OTAs and mini camps as well. But we're going to be on the belt doing a lot of stuff. So, and uh, I'm sure, Ben, uh, now, are you guys uh, have anything coming up regarding the Kyle and Henny, uh, the, the uh, Kenny and Halperin show? Uh, nothing of note. I mean, it's it's the summer, so it's kind of peak off-season college football hours. But just a lot of, lot of content regarding the team, a lot of looking ahead to what's to come in fall camp and, and the season. Okay. Probably some interviews. I don't know. A lot of stuff. We don't really up. plan ahead. That's the thing. <laughs> You know, you just go, you just dance where they tell you to dance, right? It's college football. And, and frankly, I, this week, uh, there will be some angry ranting about, uh, the expanded playoff and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. If anyone's interested, everybody's interested and you will be with us, uh, on a Saturday as well. Speaking of, uh, our Viroqua outing, Ben Kenny's going to be there. So if you are in the area and you want to swing by and. You probably know what I look like, but if you've never seen Ben, you can come out and see Ben. They're going to be flocking to the golf course now. There's going to be a table out front. It's going to say, get an autograph from one Ben Kenny. And uh, he's going to be sitting there with a chair, a Sharpie, signing Crocs, one at a time. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. Hilarious. 
I thought you'd like that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. We've got another hour of the program yet to go. Uh, I do. I, I, I know it's not necessarily something that we were going to delve too deep into, but how big of a win was it last night for the 76ers over the Celtics? And then tonight, also in the NBA, yes. I, I, I hate it. But you have got uh, LeBron and the Lakers taking on Steph and the Warriors, and I is and I've seen a couple of interviews now with Darvin Ham. I love Darvin Ham. I so wish he was back with the Bucks. Um, but that being said, uh, I I am so just anti LeBron. It ain't funny. I am all Steph all day. Oh, so I, Bill, I'm gonna what does the series mean for their legacies? Is, is Steph uh, a better player all time than LeBron? If it's Steph all on the line. <laughs> wins a championship this year, if Steph wins a championship this year, Steph in he will have how many? Will he have three or four championships? Four or five, I think. I don't know. Well, he, the Sixers are winning, so that uh, none of that matters. <laughs> if Steph. Beats LeBron in this series, knocks the Lakers out, and goes on to win a championship. Uh, Steph Curry will take over LeBron's place on the pedestal as maybe second behind Jordan. I do. I will say this, though. That's bold. If If you were listening this morning to some of the prognosticators, they're talking about Steph being the best player in the NBA and LeBron being the second, and this and that, and Embiid. There's no mention of Giannis, and one of the comments was specifically targeted at Giannis. I'll tell you what that is when we come back, because I think it's rather interesting. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.